welcome to Contemporary Rebellions, South Korea's social movements today, where each episode we explore different social movements challenging existing power structures and demanding a better world. Each episode will focus on a different social movement or set of social movements, and we will hear directly from practitioners from the field, factories, and streets. We are your hosts for today's episode. My name is Anna. I'm Beth. For our second episode, we're taking a look at a social movement that has earned its reputation as one of the most militant in the world, the South Korean labor movement. This militancy was born out of extremely harsh working conditions, especially during the 1960s and 70s rule of Park Chung-hee that saw a country of small farmers transformed into one of urban wage earners. While most of the wealthiest European countries had taken up to a century to achieve industrialization, Here in South Korea, this happened in a single generation, largely through the enormous sacrifices of its industrial workers, who were enduring the longest working hours in the world, among other immense hardships. We have chosen to symbolically release this episode on November 13th. On this day in 1970, 22-year-old Chan Tae-il, a tailor who fought for improved working conditions for the predominantly young girls and women at the center of Korea's garment industry, committed his courageous final act. As he stood in the middle of Seoul's Dongdaemun area Pyeonghwa Market, which in English means peace market, Chong Tae-il clutched a copy of the Labor Standards Law, doused himself in gasoline, and set himself aflame. Using his remaining strength, he shouted slogans like, We are not machines! Follow the Labor Standards Law! His death through self-immolation became the initial single spark that ignited the labor movement and reverberates to this day. To get a sense of the present-day labor struggles in Korea, we will hear from Migyon Ryu who is the international director of the largest independent labor umbrella union, the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, or KCTU. We will also hear from participants of the November 9th commemorative rally for the founding of KCTU and the self-immolation of Chan Tae-il, which also called for labor reform for current union members struggling under today's working conditions. The Dawn of Labor, a poem by activist poet Park Nohe from his 1984 collection of the same name, translated by Brother Anthony. The warlike night shift once over, I pour icy soju onto my aching heart. Ah, I can't go on like this much longer. I can't go on like this forever. With three wretched meals a day, covered in grease, in a trial of strength, All my energy squeezed out, struggling, though this warlike labor can't go on much longer. Can't go on forever. I have no choice. If only I could get free, exhausted, phantom-like. If only I could fly free of my fate at 29. But, ah, I have no choice. Have no choice. 
Apart from death, I have no choice. This tough life, the yoke of poverty, this fate, I have no choice. That's a very powerful poem by Pak Nohei, who is a currently practicing poet and photographer and who spent several years in jail as a dissident. Now we'll give a brief historical overview of what led up to John Teil's final act and what came after. In the post-colonial period, the U.S. military government approved the founding of the General Federation of Korean Trade Unions in order to prevent the growth of independent democratic unions, which had begun to gain traction at the time. This was dissolved and replaced by the still active Federation of Korean Trade Unions, FKTU, approved by the newly formed Korean Central Intelligence Agency, KCIA, after Park Jong-hee's 1961 military coup. The FKTU and its local branches dominated labor management relations, repressing the growing independent factory unions under three decades of dictatorship. And it was the sole legal union umbrella until the official recognition of the KCTU in 1996. The conditions protested by Chan Tae-yu and that led to the necessity of democratic labor union militancy included factory workers' constant exposure to dust, heat, and gas, combined with excessive working hours and poorly paid overtime, sleep deprivation, lack of rest days, as well as abuse at the hands of supervisors. Just a side note, um, sleep deprivation, one of the ways that the workers were deprived was uh, being forced, injected, or given amphetamines to stay awake and to work inhumane hours all throughout the night. And you can imagine these were often given to young uh, teenage girls and who were forced to work around the clock and into the night. And these injections often led to debilitating illness and death in some cases. So after John Teo's death, this relentless industrial forward march of the 1970s continued an oppressive factory life, and the labor movement of this decade came to be led by these young women garment workers around Seoul and Incheon. Chan's mother, Yi Sosan, named the mother of all workers, continued his struggle at the Pyeonghwa market through the Cheonggyecheon Garment Workers Union. Elsewhere, through night schools and small group activities during the workers' meager time off, progressive Christian organizations, such as the Christian Academy, the Urban Industrial Mission, and the Young Catholic Workers Association, who had Korean and Western clergy, raised workers' consciousness of their basic humanity and labor rights, driving them to start independent unions. Beyond the Tonga district, notable independent unions and struggles of the 70s arose at companies such as YH, Dongil, Bando, Wonpung, and others. Following the assassination of Park Chun-hee in October 1979 and the coup that installed military dictator Chun Du hwan in 1980, the female-dominated garment industry gradually began to decline and the labor struggle from around the capital eventually moved down to the male-dominated heavy chemical and shipbuilding factories concentrated in the southeastern industrial cities of Ulsan, Changwon, and Masan. During the 1980s, male workers rose up and found they were continuing the legacy begun by women workers of the previous decade. However, the Guro Alliance strike of 1985, a six-day factory occupation begun by Teu apparel workers, was the most well-known of the 1980s struggles, and it was still led by the women garment workers. 
Its significance lies in its remarkable ability to trigger solidarity strikes from thousands of workers and the surrounding factories. This made it the first solidarity struggle in the Guru Industrial Complex area, as well as opening a new strategy of interfirm struggles that continued within the movement. Two years later, the great worker struggle of June to September of 1987 saw blue-collar factory workers joined by white-collar office workers in the streets, and there were more than 3,000 strikes during that year. The rate of unionization peaked at this time at around 20%. Struggles continued through the rest of the decade, particularly at the Hyundai shipyard in Ulsan, where workers staged a 128-day occupation between December 1988 to April 1989. Another phenomenon that had started on a small scale in the late 70s became a crucial part of the labor movement in the 80s. This was the emergence of the Student Worker Alliance, in which militant university students either left school entirely or waited until graduation to go to work in the factories. While Chantel's protest had made students in the 70s acutely aware of labor's importance within the democracy movement, the following decade saw them actively taking part in and helping to strengthen labor's significance. The 1990s democratization saw new neoliberal policies further maneuvering to control labor relations, culminating in the tragic IMF crisis of 1997. In the middle of this uncertain atmosphere, the Independent Korean Confederation of Trade Unions was launched on November 11, 1995, as the umbrella for independent democratic unions. The newly founded KCTU helped to drive a nationwide general strike in January of 1997 shutting down many major industries and mobilizing some 3 million workers across the country. While the rate of unionization of the workforce has declined today to around 10%, and the overall number of industrial actions has reduced, independent unions remain militant, and the KCTU, while with fewer members and the conservative FKTU, continues to grow. This is the last part of Park Noah's poem, The Dawn of Labor. Into my drooping body, for the sake of tomorrow's approaching workload. Onto my aching heart at dawn, I pour icy soju. Longing for tenacity stronger than soju, I pour wrath and sorrow. This unavoidable wall of despair will break and burst in the end, in rough drops of sweat and blood. As for the sake of our calmly breathing, growing love, our fury, our hope and unity. We pour a shared glass of icy soju onto our aching hearts at dawn until a new dawn for workers comes rising up. The Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, KCTU, now has over 1 million individual members, 30% of whom are precarious workers. KCTU is composed of 16 industrial-level unions, with its largest unions being the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union and Korean Metal Workers Union with 230,000 and 180,000 members respectively. In late October, Tom sat down with Migyeon Ryu, international director of the KCTU, to discuss the current state of the labor movement. We're very happy to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Could you please uh, tell us a bit about the KCTU 
and also tell us about your role in the organization. Hello, everyone. My name is Mi Gyeong Ryu, and I'm working with the KCTU, which represents uh, around 1 million members. And basically, we, our affiliates uh, are industrial level union. So we have 16 uh, industrial unions, including, for example, Korean Metal Workers Union and Korean Teachers and Education Workers Union, etc., etc. And uh, the uh, we also have our regional branches in 16 provinces or metropolitan cities, and we represent uh, the workers in public sector and private sector, and regular workers and non-regular workers or precarious workers. And my role uh, in the KCTU is as an international director. I'm working uh, to connect the Korean workers' movement to the world and keep KCTU uh, as a part of our international labor movement. So what does that mean kind of on a practical basis? What kind of activities do you do to connect internationally? So uh, KCTU is joining uh, International Confederation of Trade Unions. And so I am uh, communicate uh, with the, the international organizations or uh, some uh, trade union confederation in other countries uh, to organize a kind of solidarity actions uh, when it is needed or facilitate uh, the exchange uh, between trade unions uh, to share or exchange the, the uh, strategy uh, of a trade union activity. And uh, we are belong to Asia Pacific region so one of the uh, priority of the KCTU's international department is promoting and facilitating uh, the uh, solidarity among independent and democratic uh, trade union in Asia. So to do this, we organize an annual uh, program for young unionists in uh, Asia for exchange and education. So its 11th edition will happen uh, in the first week of November. Looking back a little bit at the historical development of the KCTU, what I understand is that it kind of arose from the 1980s democratization movement. At the beginning of the KCTU, the independent and democratic trade union movement was being organized even under the military dictatorship in 1970s, 80s. And right after the people's uprising for democracy in 1987, which is called the June Democracy Movement. There is a great worker struggle in the following uh, months, uh, July, August, and September. And at that time, uh, most of the, the independent and democratic union was uh, organized newly. I wanted to look a little bit at what some of the major issues still are. I mean, the South Korean uh, labor movement has achieved a lot and really has managed to realize a lot of rights, mm -hmm. especially since, say, the 1980s after democratization. But there are still many issues that persist. So, for example, um, there are still very long working hours, I think some of the longest in, in the OECD, um, a very high rate of industrial accidents, there's also, and I've personally experienced this, but 
kind of enforced overtime without pay and in general quite oppressive working conditions so it's quite hierarchical within the workplace mm-hmm. what i guess from your perspective are some of the big achievements um, of the labor movement and the KCTU and then with all these uh, persisting conditions what are the biggest um, obstacles that you need to overcome well for the achievement uh, made by the KCTU i think I can say that the KCTU uh, has uh, opened the way to exercise the freedom of association and trade union rights even under the heavy repression by the government and the employers. So the the existence of the KCTU is the evidence (laughs) of this achievement. And secondly, uh, uh, thanks to the KCTU's campaign and struggle, we uh, introduced the 40-hour work week system in uh, 1990s. But as you can say, the long working hour yeah. and uh, unpaid overtime uh, work is uh, still a big issue. And uh, the, the minimum wage increase, the introduction of uh, the minimum wage system and minimum wage increase uh, is uh, another the achievement KCTU made. Uh, especially uh, KCTU uh, focused uh, on the minimum wage campaign, believing that this is a means uh, to reduce the gap uh, in terms of uh, wages and pays uh, and increase the minimum wage for the people who are least paid in the society. But as you mentioned, uh, there are still many challenges we are facing. Uh, especially under the the current government, which declare itself as a labor respect government. For example, the the government uh, we we say that the government's labor policy is give something and take back later. <laughs> For example, the gov- under the new government, the minimum wage increase rate was so high, but after that. Uh, the government introduced a new law or amendment of the the Minimum Wage Act uh, to change uh, the way of calculation of minimum wage. For example, previously we consider only basic wage uh, uh, is a minimum wage, but later on they uh, include all the benefits allowance uh, when they calculate the minimum wage, which results in a non-increase of li- real uh, wages. And regarding the working hours, the government introduced uh, 42 maximum uh, uh, weekly working hour, which is too long, actually. But after that, they introduced a new uh, flexible system for averaging a weekly working hour by extending the reference period from three months to six months or mm. even uh, one month. And uh, nowadays, the government, especially the president himself, said that this 40, uh, 52 maximum cap for the uh, weekly working hour give uh, a big burden for the enterprises and their economic activity. So they will introduce more flexible system for the uh, working hours, introducing different types of uh, flexible working hour system. Given the high rate of unemployment, wouldn't it make sense to reduce working hours and then you can increase the number of jobs that are available? Yeah, that's common sense among us. But 
the companies uh, doesn't uh, want to spend uh, their money to train the new workers or uh, recruit uh, new workers, then and they prefer to squeeze the mm. existing uh, workers by intensifying the workload or the working hour. And uh, regarding uh, the health and safety issue, the Korea uh, ranked top among OECD countries in terms of the the fatal industrial accidents. But top, you mean the highest rate? Highest rate, yeah. yeah. Especially the death from the mm. the industrial accident or disaster. And uh, we found that uh, almost all uh, the cases of the fatal industrial accident happen for the subcontracting workers uh, in the big companies. So w- this is due to the neoliberal uh, structural adjustment of the companies, and especially the companies uh, reduce uh, the risk to and the responsibility to uh, prevent uh, the industrial accident by outsourcing the most uh, dangerous or risk works to subcontractors. Yeah. So uh, now uh, KCTU is campaigning to strengthen the responsibility of the original uh, contractor or the user employer or something like that for the the workers in their subcontracting companies or their supply chain. And we are trying to introduce a new law uh, to strengthen the punishment for the industrial accident or uh, corporate killing. Do you happen to know, for example, how many workers die in industrial accidents per year? Roughly? I don't remember the exact number, but uh, more than 2,600 workers wow. die from the industrial accident every year. Wow, okay. So it's mm. many per day, of course. Yeah. Mm. And so when you have these massive chaebols, mm. these massive conglomerates, which contribute a huge amount to the economy and employ a massive chunk of the workforce, being unable to form independent or, or join independent unions. Obviously, that's a massive issue, a massive problem. Mm-hmm. Do you see any progress, say, in the way of Samsung for the establishment of independent unions? Actually, Samsung uh, doesn't allow the trade union organization by themselves, but uh, the, there is a persistent uh, struggle and campaign by the the workers who are working for Samsung uh, Electronics uh, to organize an independent union and uh, deliver the collective voices of the workers and organize international campaign as well. And finally, the management of Samsung uh, recognized the union and have dialogue uh, with the union representative on the the regularization of uh, the precarious workers. But it is not uh, done by uh, Samsung themselves, but uh, by the, the power of the, the workers. And it was highlighted when uh, the Samsung management was investigated and prosecuted and even uh, tried uh, for the unfair labor practices, uh, which means uh, the intensive union busting campaign driven mm. by the Samsung's headquarters. So it became a social issue, but uh, it is still very, very difficult uh, for the workers in Samsung or Samsung supply chain to uh, organize 
independent union or uh, conduct their uh, union activity. I also wanted to talk about what used to be, I believe, the largest member union of the KCTU, which is the Korean Teachers and Educational Workers Union, or KTU. And basically under Park Geun-hye, they were struck off because a very small handful of uh, their members were not practicing teachers at the time. So they kind of used this uh, loophole or excuse to deregister the union. Now, what is the, the legal situation? And has that affected also the number of teachers who are members of the KCTU? The KTU is still decertificated situation. Mm-hmm. So the new government take any action to recognize the, their legal status or recover their legal status. So they are in the same situation like under the Bakune government. And the government insisted that to legalize uh, this union, they have to revise the Trade Union Act and the Act on Establishment and Operation of Teachers Union, which uh, is banning the union membership for the dismissed teachers. So we uh, have campaigned to uh, revise this provision in the law uh, because it's a violation of the international labor standard. But the process for the ratification or the the revision of the existing law is uh, delayed. But uh, we still believe that the, it's up to the government's willing because the, this certification was made by the administrative uh, measures uh, by the Ministry of Labor. So if the government cancel this administrative measure, uh, it means the recovering of the KTU's uh, legal status. But the government is n- not willing to do this because they believe this is unpopular. Okay, v- I mean, very disappointing, given that w- there were some hopes for this administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a relatively easy one, perhaps, yeah. to, to move on. What I also understand is the KTU was able to register a- and receive recognition in about 1999, but they had to pass a specific act to recognize that union. So obviously, yes. that, that, why was that? Why did there have to be a, a bill passed to recognize a union? That is quite absurd. Yeah, actually, uh, at that time, if uh, the government want to recognize the, the teachers' uh, trade union rights, they could do by applying uh, the existing trade union act. But the government consider that the teachers are in different situation, and it is openly said the government by the government in uh, international meetings or the the international labor conference, uh, for example, governments uh, openly said that the teachers are very influential to the students who has uh, yet to develop uh, the personality. Any activity uh, taken by the teachers can can uh, have a big influence to the their students isn't that the definition of teaching is is to influence <laughs> and to impart knowledge yeah uh, maybe <laughs> so uh, the teachers should keep political uh, neutrality hmm. uh, so uh, the trade union activity could be a part of political activity so uh, they 
are not willing to recognize their uh, civil rights. So rather than applying the existing trade union law or general law, they uh, establish a, a separate or special law for the teachers to limit uh, the trade union rights. So uh, it is uh, the case for all workers in terms of the union membership. Uh, union membership is not recognized in case you are not being employed at that moment. But uh, another limitation for the teachers is they cannot uh, stage any strike or collective action or any political action. Mm -hmm. So even publishing a statement uh, to con criticize the government education policy could be a matter of criminal punishment for wow. teachers. Well, also earlier you touched on how labor organizing is often criminalized. And I think the KCTU has a well, many sad stories in, in its recent history, one being Han sang Kyun, the former leader of the KCTU, uh, who was actually Im imprisoned. And at the same time, I believe a, a large number of the leadership uh, of the KCTU also, um, you know, was, was taken to court and many were imprisoned. And more recently, um, the current head, Kim Myung-hwan, has also faced arrest. Do you see this as being a continuation of the situation under Park Geun-hye, where uh, we saw labor leaders being quite obviously targeted? Or do you, have you seen some change under the recent administration? Well, in most cases, uh, the trade union leaders or trade union members are criminalized under the Article one, uh, 314, the obstruction of mm -hmm. business, uh, in case we organize a strike or we organize a mass mobilization, uh, they uh, regarded this action as obstruction of business. You mean under the Criminal Act? Yeah, under the Criminal Act. Yeah. So uh, it was criticized by the uh, ILO or UN human rights bodies that this is a, a, a huge violation of the freedom because any collective action or strike is uh, by nature is a disruptive or obstruction That's of the, the, point of the yeah, business to <laughs> put pressure on the employer and uh, yeah. exercise the leverage to uh, influence of the collective power of the workers. But it's very uh, uh, weird to uh, apply this uh, obstruction of business charge to the trade union activity. But after the criticism, the government, uh, the court uh, changed the ruling that to limit uh, the application of this uh, provision for the union activity or strike. But there are many other uh, provisions or articles under the Criminal Act, uh, which is being used for the punish the trade union uh, activity, uh, like obstruction of uh, general traffic when we stage a domestic uh, protest on the street or uh, any other uh, charges. And, and another problem uh, in the application of the criminal charge for the trade unionists, it is a very unique uh, uh, legal theory which is used in uh, Korea. Almost all the cases, the union leaders are uh, punished under, uh, as a joint main culprit under the conspiracy or something like that. This uh, theory was introduced 
by the Japanese uh, legal system to punish the yakuza or the organized crime, mm. uh, meaning that any violation of law by the member of a criminal organization, it is controlled or orchestrated by the head of that organization. But the Korean court used this theory to punish the trade union activity. So they uh, consider that all uh, the illegal uh, activity uh, committed by the participants of the strike or the protest are planned or ordered or orchestrated by the head of the, the organization who hosted this protest or who called the strike. That is the case for Han Sang-gyun, our former president, when we staged uh, mass mobilization against the corrupt government. And it is also a case for the, the current president, Kim Myung-wan, when we stage uh, protests in front of the National Assembly against the introduction of the flexible uh, working hour system and the, the retrogressive revision of the Trade Union Act. And, and what, so what is the situation now for President Kim in terms of the legal process? Uh, actually, he was released on bail and the investigation uh, was over and uh, he was prosecuted for that kind of uh, criminal charges and he's waiting for the date for his first trial. Lastly, I wanted to ask you about Chon Tae-il, obviously who is very important as a kind of the figurehead of the Korean labor movement, of course, who self-immolated in 1970, which led to really the formation of uh, workers' consciousness in many ways. And every year the KCTU marks um, the anniversary of his death by holding a major rally. What to you does his legacy represent today? Every uh, November we stage a national workers' rally to celebrate the foundation of the KCTU. The, mm -hmm. Our birthday is uh, 11th of November in 1995. And it is uh, close to the day. Today is before <laughs> the emulation of the John Taylor. So this year we will stage a National Workers' Rally on 9th of November, the Saturday uh, of the, the first or second Saturday uh, of November. And the slogan of this year's National Workers' Rally is one million of chantail. Means, uh, as I mentioned, this year uh, the, the union uh, membership of the KCTU was increased to one million, more than one million. And this means the situation or working condition uh, which the one million members of the KCTUs are facing today is almost similar uh, to the one under the Chante's uh, time uh, in terms of the low uh, wages and long working hour and unpaid overwork uh, and the fatal uh, industrial accident and so on and so on. So the slogan means the situation of the working condition is very similar to the one in 1970s. And the one million members uh, doesn't mean the accomplishment of the organization of the of workers, and we have to uh, expand uh, our organizing uh, campaign, and we have to open a way for 
the non-organized workers to be able to exercise their trade union right to do this. All the members of the KCTU, the one million members of the KCTU, should be the organizer uh, like Chan Taylor. Well, thank you very much for doing this interview today. Really, yeah, very interesting to learn about developments in the labor movement. Okay, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>
So it makes sense that we work for each other's labor standards because it's the same aircraft. It should have the same labor standards from one place, one airport to the other. So international solidarity is an integral part of airport workers because of the nature of our work. So it's it's an honor for us to be here in South Korea for this workers' memorial because they came to Toronto for our May Day rally this year. So this is actually an opportunity for us to pay back the favor of their support for us and our struggles. So it's an honor and a privilege to be here and, and it's an amazing event, an amazing solidarity. And we're hopeful that the demands that we're giving to the Parliament right now will be heard because if not, we will be doing actions here in Toronto. Hi, my name is Haywon Chang. I direct the international solidarity activities at the Korean Metal Workers Union. Today is a national workers' rally. We are fighting here against retrogressive labor law reform while we stand on the shoulders of people who died for the democratic labor movement to be able to exist today. We remember those people as we carry the fight forward for all workers for the future. So as you know, we were on strike at the same time as the GM workers in the United States. We had a fighting about some of the very same issues. Not only a fair wage regarding things that the company had taken away from workers in the collective agreement, but also for regularization of precarious workers, in particular for reinstatement of 46 worker, precarious workers who were unfairly fired. Right after the U.S. Uh, came to a tentative agreement, in Korea, the company intensified its repression of the precarious workers. So they started a lawsuit suing them for seven million, one per day that they continued their aerial sit-in. This Contemporary Rebellions podcast was produced entirely by volunteers. If you'd like to get in touch or get involved, please reach out to us on our Facebook or Twitter pages or send us an email at contemporaryrebellions at gmail.com. For now, we're producing this as a labor of love out of our own pockets, until we decide if we can generate enough interest to make it sustainable. But we'd love your help to ensure that we can keep this going and produce a podcast that can be an invaluable tool to educators, activists, and all those interested in South Korean social movements. So please help spread the word. Until, until next time, the rebellion, rebellion awaits you. you.